If you want to let go of past pain, transcend your traumas, expand your consciousness, and reclaim your power to finally be the main character of your own conscious reality, as well as learning about conscious living, you're at the right place. Welcome to Conscious Matters. It's a safe space where we chat about conscious matters, focus on self-empowerment, awareness, holistic wellness, and sustainability. Join me, Melissa DeVere, for inspiring conversations with myself and some of the most beautiful souls out there. We expand on our experiences and share what we've learned along our healing journey to live in peace, harmony, and mindfulness on a daily basis. Oh, and share with loved ones and don't forget to take five little seconds to review this podcast by just leaving a few stars and kind words that would really help with the algorithm so we can spread the message to help more people live consciously. Get your mind, body, and soul ready for a ride in consciousness. Namaste, listeners. Hey, y'all. Happy New Year. It's still time to wish you a happy new year. Wishing you all of the best for 2023. The first thing that comes to mind when we think about health is physical health, right? At the beginning of the year, many of us have new resolutions around health that essentially include working out more regularly, eat better, start or getting back in shape, meaning physical shape. But we often forget that the state of our body is also a consequence of the state of our mental and spiritual health. The body talks to us in mysterious ways. There are bestseller books, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Klok, and, and Soul Mind Body Medicine, A Complete Soul Healing System for Optimum Health and Vitality by Dr. Zigeng Shah, that beautifully and powerfully explain the realness of holistic health. I personally understand being healthy as something transcendental to the body only. Of course, fresh, natural, and nourishing nutrition and regular exercise to take care of our body, but also meditation, feeding our minds with positive and empowering content, affirmations, visualizations to support a healthy mind, as well as breath work, deeper movement, such as yoga, dancing, tai chi, to move the energies inside each of us to nourish our soul and get our individual vibe in check. So to me, one cannot go without the other, but that thinking is definitely not the most popular one. So let's challenge it and take the opportunity of the first month of this new year to either shift or dive deeper into our perspective of seeing and practicing wellness as a whole. And serendipity works wonderfully since I got approached by Carrie Fisher's team to talk about this very subject. Carrie's a lawyer turned coach and teacher for athletes, corporations, and private clients in a variety of disciplines, including mindset, meditation, breathwork, physiology, and personal development. Last year, she launched her first book, Tools for Extraordinary Living, the Snooze Button Sessions, where she shares mindfulness tools and techniques that support us in living our best life. And her second book, which is a continuation of the first one, Routines for Extraordinary Living, a Manual for Life. And this upcoming fall, she's launching her latest book on amazing health transformations titled Total Health for Extraordinary Living. Let's just say that she knows what she's talking about when it comes to mind, body, soul, holistic health. So let's fully reboot for this new year and make sure our health is top notch. Listen up to this jam. Hello. 
Hi, Carrie. I'm happy to have you on. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Amazing. So let's get into it. According to you, why do you think people struggle with health in general? And why, when they try to create a healthy lifestyle, it only focuses on the physical aspect of it, like, you know, nutrition and exercise? I think that we've been taught that health is just our physical body. But the fact of the matter is that our, our health is really dependent on our body, our mind, and our spirit. It's all connected. And the other thing I notice is that people will focus on one aspect even of their physical health, like their weight, you know? So instead of just thinking about their whole health, like are they actually eating healthy? They're just looking at one thing, which is their weight. So I think it's really important for people to understand that with your physical body, it's all connected. Your weight is not the only thing. It's also important, you know, the foods that you're eating, if you're exercising, if you're actually healthy, but your health is also dependent upon your mental state, your emotional state and your spiritual state. So it's all connected. We're one being. And I think that we've moved away from that in, in the last few decades, thinking that maybe just the way we look is the only important thing. And why do you think that? Why do we focus on the physical, the appearance? I guess because that's the thing that we could see, right? So if I look good, then I must be healthy. But we all know that that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Don't you think it's also a lot, Melissa, the, the social media? We're always looking at these perfect images of everybody. And it makes it very difficult when we look in the mirror at our actual self, our unfiltered self. And we're subconsciously comparing ourselves to all these images. And, you know, I fall into it too sometimes, but I always try to remind myself people's social media is just the snapshot highlights of their life. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard to, especially for women, I think it's hard to remember that sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. especially when you're looking at your life and you're like, well, my life doesn't look like that, you know. But just like you said, like is the highlights of the most amazing moments of someone's life that are actually on the profile most of the time. Now the trend is starting to change. People are being much more open to share about the hurdles, the challenges, their obstacles, and also the mental health aspect that is not that glamorous all the time. But do you think that it also has to do with mindset and how the brain works and how change is difficult? So people focus only on the physical because that is in a way, big air quotes, like rapid results. So if I look thinner or if I look more muscular, people will see, as you said, that I'm healthy when actually you need to change so many things and then you feel like it's too much, it's too hard. So what's the point? I totally agree. So when you get into shape or you lose weight, you see the results. And not only do you see the results, a lot of people will give you feedback. Like, wow, you look really great while feeding (laughs) into it. But something that I'm learning, and especially now, because I've come through a very difficult year this past year, is that even if you look perfect and you have your perfect social media, life happens to you. And I think that we've forgotten that life is not perfect. Life can get difficult and life can get tricky. And that's why I like to have a lot of tools to fall back on for those moments when life does get kind of hard. And how would you recommend to work on our mindset to get to that point? I think the first thing for everybody to realize is that life has ups and downs, right? So for many, many years, I've been on this path since I'm a teenager. I always wanted to be enlightened. So I've been studying the spiritual literature literally since I think I was 13. So my idea was I will get to a point where I will be loving and kind. I will not have a bad thought and I will just be, you know, (laughs) almost like this godlike creature, you know, like I honestly (laughs) believe that. And then it was a trap. It is a trap because 
when you're like that and you're studying it all the time, when you don't live up to it, it's even worse, right? Because you're mm. like, I know better than this. Why am I not able to get to this level? But the fact of the matter is life does go up and down, right? All of a sudden we had a global pandemic. Nobody could have expected that. People get sick. People pass away. Things happen in life. We have problems. And I think it's really essential to have some tools that you could use when those times come. So the mindset is key. But once we've worked on our mindset, imagining that we did that, and now we understand that health is not just the body, the mind and soul as well. How can we also take care of the health of our soul? Like, you know, that spiritual wellness to create a life of ease, flow and peak performance. Oh, I love that question. That's a great question. Let's just first talk about mindset. So let's just talk about the way the mind works. So our brain is actually an amazing computer and its sole purpose is to keep us alive. So what happens is our brain is always searching using all of our senses, our eyes, our ears, our nose, our touch, everything in our surroundings to see if we're in danger. And if our brain detects that we're in danger, it's going to launch into action. So our brain is basically just trained to look for danger. So we're trained, it's called a negativity bias. We're trained to look for the negative. So if you're like that, forgive yourself because your brain is doing its job. So what we're trying to do with mindset is actually rewire our brain. So I think it's really important for people to know it doesn't happen overnight. You're actually going against what your brain is really there to do, right? So your brain is trying to protect you, but Right now, our brain is protecting us for little things. So back when we lived in cave times, our brain was protecting us from like a lion jumping out or a bear. But now our brain responds the same way if someone's in front of us driving slowly and we're late for something. We literally have the same response in our body and we'll drop into a stress reaction. So fight or flight mode. Yeah, that's exactly right. So what's important to remember is we're rewiring our brain. So I think it's important to go easy on ourselves. But also when you have tools that you could fall back on, that's the case. So as I told you, this past year has been really tough for me. I've had so many major life upheavals. You know, what's interesting to me is I've just figured like, oh, I know all these tools. I've written two books on them. I've been studying them for 10 years. I've been studying this all since I'm 13. So I'm not going to have an issue, but I struggled too. Mm. And this actually has been as hard as it's been for me, it's been a really important piece of my learning to understand that even when you know all of these things, you could still drop down into a lower state, you know, into a more depressed state, but that's when you need to have your tools. And what I love is that the tools that I use, they're just very simple. They're things that could take five minutes because I don't know about you, but when I'm not happy, when I'm in that lower state in a depressed state, I don't want to do something for an hour or two hours, but I might do something for five minutes. But that's good because sometimes we think that mindset health is supposed to be that long, very draining and hard thing. You go to the gym, you go hard, you try to do this healthy eating. You have to only eat vegetables and like tiny little portions, but it can be more accommodating to our modern life than what we think. I mean, I try to make my life easier every time. So even with all of the tools and all of the routines and habits that I take, I try to make them not a burden for me. Recently, one of my friends said to me, Carrie, I'm going to stop eating sugar and caffeine. And she reeled off this list. And I was like, I don't even know what food is left after that. And then she was <laughs> to be doing yoga for an hour a 
day and exercise for an hour a day. And I understand it because I've been there too. I'm that type too. Like I'm changing everything, right? Yeah, like in one setting go. Setting yourself up for disaster. You really mm. are. I think it's not sustainable. Yeah. Not sustainable. And isn't that why New Year's resolutions don't work? Because we, we have these giant plans. So my idea is how about every single day doing one small thing towards that life that we dream of? One small thing. And a lot of times that one small thing gets you to do a second thing, right? So it's just a matter of doing something. Yeah. And get started. Get started. Take action. Yeah. I like that. So what daily habits would you recommend? Well, my most important habit is to wake up and start your day with something that nourishes you. So my first book is called The Snooze Button Sessions, Tools for Extraordinary Living. And all it is, is how do you set up a morning routine? Now, when I say morning routine, people get nervous. They're like, I don't have time in the morning, but my morning routine is very, very simple. It's called the snooze button session because the alarm clock goes off, you hit the button, and then you sit up and you do something that is really nourishing to you. So that could be stretching, that could be exercise, that could be meditation, that could be journaling. It could be a lot of different things. And in my book, I talk about 12 different things you could do during that time period, but the snooze button session, you just do that one thing until your alarm goes off again. So that's what, five minutes, seven minutes, and you could set it to whatever you want. And the reason it works is because people find, first of all, everyone wakes up in the morning, right? So you know you're doing Some people in the afternoon. Kidding. Sometimes in the <laughs> afternoon, right? <laughs> but everybody does wake up at some point. But yes. when you wake up, that's a great time to do something for five minutes that's mm. going to make feel good because when you win your morning, I feel like you win your day. I always wake up and I have a, a morning routine. And then by the time I really get up and start my day, I'm like, wow, I feel very accomplished. It's kind of like, do you ever get up and make your bed? And then when you get home at night, even if you have a terrible day, you're happy your bed is made. But if you get you're home, happy when you get your back, bed's yeah. not made, then you feel worse, don't you? If you That's walk true. into your room and your bed is a mess, you're like, oh. <laughs> I feel it that again. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> or I feel it that other thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and what do you mean when you said do something that nourishes you? In what sense? Because we were talking about that spiritual wellness before. So I've been in the spiritual world for so long and I've been in the wellness world for over 10 years. And what I find is that a lot of people are like, this is what you have to do. And they want to tell you, like they're the guru and they're going to tell you. And first of all, it, it's not true because no one knows the answer. Only you know the answer to what's good for you. So what I like to do is give people tools that they then decide, right? So say I say to you, here's 12 tools, Melissa. I'm going to teach you these 12 tools. Then you decide which one of those tools do you want to pick up and put into your toolbox, and then you get to choose it. So some of the things you could do in the morning, like I could say to you, Melissa, you have to get up every day and meditate and do breath work. You have to exercise and you have to do yoga. So I'm going to tell you to do that. But what if those things aren't things that make you feel good? That's not even going to help you. And you'll do it for a couple of days and you'll stop. I would rather teach you all these things and say, hey, Melissa, which one of these sounds really great to you. And when I tell people this list of 12 tools, they always say, wow, that sounds like a great idea. I would love to just listen to music and dance in the morning, or I'd love to just journal in the morning. But I like people to choose it for themselves, not me to tell them. So if you have a teacher that's telling you this is the only way and the right way, I want to tell you that I believe that you're your own best teacher. And it's really important to tap into that. You know what feels good for you. I can give you the tools, 
but you're the one that picks them up and uses them. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with that. Deep down, we know what's best, but sometimes it's good to have a guide though, to show us the tools and then it's our role to pick and choose. So we talked about health as an important concept, of course. I've never been quote unquote unhealthy, but it's only when I started to incorporate holistic wellness as my everyday lifestyle that I truly started to become healthy or at least healthier (laughs) than before and more energetic. So I have my own answer, but why optimal body, mind, and spirit wellness can only be reached by adopting an active, all-encompassing lifestyle that makes sense to your everyday life. I think that what we like to do a lot of times is like, if we're healthy and we're really in good shape, we want to focus on that. But then if our mental state is not so great, we'll ignore that. We all want to work on the things we're already good at. And I am the biggest culprit of that. But it's really important to realize that if you're already doing great, let's just say in the physical area, your physical body's in great shape, maybe it's time to kind of put that on autopilot, keep doing those things. Maintain it. Turn to your mind, your emotions, because really the energy level in our body is not just dependent on the physical. It's very dependent on our emotions, on what we're thinking and on what's happening in our life. So it's important to really tap into all of it. We are body, mind, and spirit. We're all of those things put together. We're not just a body. Okay. That is clear. Thank you for making that clear. We talked about choosing our own tools that fit our life, but how can we do that when We feel like we're just starting and we don't have any experience or knowledge about it because you're a busy woman. You have so many things. You're a mother, you're a working woman, you have also your personal life. So how do you find tools that can work with that busy lifestyle and in a way that is sustainable that you keep on doing them every day or at least regularly? I think that starting with the morning routine is one of the best things, but let's just say you're like, you know what? The morning routine is not going to work for me, Carrie, Mm -hmm. make it happen. Then I would suggest then start with an evening routine. Now, the reason I'm so focused on a morning and evening routine is because ultimately I would love everybody to have a morning routine and an evening routine. Cause my basic idea is you cannot control what happens once you like leave your house and go out into the world, but you can control what happens first thing in the morning and right before bed. So I try to live my life where I'm definitely going to start and end my day in a calm, peaceful, loving way. And it took a lot of years for me to understand that. You know, I have five kids. That was something I learned from my children because Mm -hmm. my husband and I used to have a lovely evening routine for them when they were little. We would give them a bath, we would read them a book, and we would put them to bed, the three Bs, bath, book, bed. And we never had a trouble putting our kids to bed. And it just triggered something in me. I'm like, huh, all of us need to have something to depend on. So when your life is out of control, let's just say you're depressed, let's just say you're anxious, let's just say you feel out of control, you have no time for yourself or you're just not happy, you still can find two minutes morning and night to do something for yourself. And it seems, people say to me, so who cares? So I'll do a morning routine, that's not gonna change my life. But what happens is you feel good about yourself even just for a little bit And that makes you start to add more things. So I like to just think of it as not a chore, but how can I begin to add these things into my life that they become part of my actual lifestyle, right? I don't even have to think about my routines. I just automatically do them. It's part of my life. And it's because I put them into place 
little by little and slowly. And one of the greatest things you could do is something called habit stacking. So anytime you're already doing something, you could add a healthy habit onto it. So we all wake up in the morning and go to bed at night or whenever you do. <laughs> and then we all eat meals each day. So before or after your meals and in the mornings and the evenings, you have time to put these healthy habits in. The healthy habit, I want people to start thinking, the healthy habit could be I stopped and drank a glass of water and just relaxed and breathed for five minutes. That's a healthy habit. That's going to reset your state your mental state, your emotional state. It's pretty incredible, even breath work. You know, so I have all these little breath work exercises I use throughout the day if I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed. And it really does help me. I could go from being very overwhelmed to feeling completely calm just from doing a breath work exercise. So what you're saying pretty much is you don't have to do it all. It doesn't have to be something super long or super hard to do, but just having this structure into your life, like the structure of your day, morning and evening, even though it takes you five minutes or two minutes in the morning and evening, something that feels true to you, something that makes you feel good. Absolutely. And on days when I have a lot going on, I do feel like I'm kind of out of control or I'm, you know, losing control of my emotions. I always think to myself, just stay calm right now, Carrie, because in a few hours, you're going to be doing your evening routine and my evening routine always makes me feel great. So I always have that to fall back on, which is kind of cool, right? You could kind of get through anything because you're like, eventually I'll be back in my house doing my evening routine and I'll feel good again. Yeah. I think we forget when we're in those moments that it will pass, right? So having something to look forward to is always great. So that's why an evening routine is so fantastic. That's so great. And I'm very adamant about my own morning and evening routines. They're pretty much my anchor. They really ground me. I would say they help me start and finish my day in the healthiest way possible for my mind, my body, and my soul. And in your first book, Tools for Extraordinary Living, you do emphasize on, I'm quoting you here, when <laughs> you, I mean, actually you said it, you said it at the beginning. When you win the morning, you win the day. So why do you think it's important to create these holistic wellness habits, which provide the structure for a successful day? And what would be your definition of a successful day? I mean, you pretty much touched upon that answer already, but um, if you can specify or detail a little bit more. Well, first of all, I love that you read my book. I don't think any other podcast person I went with ever did that. Really? I mean, you have to do your homework. They never quoted me. I love a woman who does her homework. But I think that I loved what you said. You have your morning and your evening routines that anchor your day, mm. right? Because you can't control everything, but you can control some things. And that's Absolutely. what I try to take control over. What can I control? So mm. I'll tell you about... You know, I have been going through a difficult time, especially lately, and having those morning and evening routines has really been a lifesaver to me. It's like a lifeline. Mm. It's something that no matter how I'm feeling, I'm like, okay, I could do my meditation. I could do my yoga in the morning. Okay, before bed, I could do, you know, I like to take a bath. I like to do certain things at night that really, you know, kind of reset me. You know, and I love bathing or taking a shower. I almost feel like it's like washing away the day. And there's yeah, it's very cleansing. Yeah. And there's yeah. something in the bathroom too, because of the tiles, I guess. It feels like, you know, the world can the steam. You could like you could reset yourself in there. Yeah. Do you want to expand on the hardships that you've been going through this last year? Yeah, because it's been actually, you know. At this point of my life, so I'm in my mid-50s, I'm 55, I have five kids who are 14 to 27. So obviously I've been through a lot in my life and I've seen a lot and I've done a lot, but 
over the last year, like my, my mom and my dad ended up divorcing at 80, which you wouldn't think would bother me because um, in my fifties, but it really hit me hard and it kind of really hit our family hard. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things with my children are going on and my husband and I were struggling early in the year. It was literally like every single thing you could ever imagine at the same time. Yeah. And at first I was like, you know, I'm not really handling this well. I'm so upset. You know, I would cry. I, you know, I would feel these emotions. And then I finally realized, you know what? I'm actually handling it great. I have a lot of stuff going on, yet I'm still functioning. And why am I still functioning? It's really because I have these anchoring routines. And I don't want anyone out there to think that they need to go out and start to have a morning routine, an evening routine, all through the day, do things. I want you just to think of what one thing can I do starting now? one five minute thing each day that can I commit to that's going to make my life better. And then once you put that in place and you feel proud of yourself, like, wow, I've been meditating every morning for a month. Or I like when people make real commitment, like every day for 30 days, I'm going to wake up and stretch for five minutes, Hmm. something like that. Because after the 30 days are up, you're like, wow, I did it. I fulfilled my promise to myself. And then it gives you confidence in yourself. You feel proud of yourself. And then you're ready to put another thing into place. Think of it like building blocks. You're building up your wellness empire within yourself. Yeah, I love that. And to me as well, like this last year has been very much about learning about the ebbs and flows of life. Because just like you, I was like, I know all of that. I mean, I haven't been in the wellness world for as long as you, obviously. But to me, I feel like, okay, I know all of that. I know why I feel like that. I know how am I supposed to react and not take things personally or don't make assumptions or things like that. I get it. But it was hard to, just like you said, when you know all of that, but you're not in a place where you can actually react, air quotes, how you're supposed to react, you start getting harder on yourself, being harder on yourself and feeling also guilty because you were blessed with all of this knowledge, but you're not applying it as you're supposed to. So just like navigating the ebbs and flows and having these habits, having this wellness, which is not only body, but also the mind and the soul really helped me to have this bird eyes view and taking a step back and really ground myself and building, as you said, beautifully, this wellness empire within. So I love that. I, I love, love what you said too, because it's, it's exactly echoing how I've been feeling because it's almost like you punish yourself because you're like, I yes. know that. <laughs> I, I should know not better. Be I should not be jealous. I should not be any like we should be perfect, you know. But yeah, we're but not. It's impossible. Yeah, it is impossible. And then that's when you take all of your knowledge and you use it against yourself. <laughs> it's like yeah. this, I call it like the double slap. The first slap is whatever thing is going on in your life, and the second slap is you getting mad at yourself that you're not, you know, above it. You know, but we're not above it. We're it's very true. <laughs> I'm the best at it. I love doing this to myself, you know, and um, it's almost like that you used all of your knowledge against yourself, but it doesn't matter how much, you know, feelings are feelings. And one of the things I'm really working towards is understanding that one, I don't have to be perfect. And I think a lot of us struggle with that. And it is okay sometimes to have negative emotions. I wanted to get to a point where I would never have a negative emotion. And now I'm understanding it's not really realistic. My thoughts, my emotions, they come, they go, they ebb, they flow. But in reality, I just have to kind of take a step back and observe them and and give myself some self-love. 
So yeah. I love to lately when I'm like in a really stressful situation or I'm feeling overwhelmed, I've been doing this little thing I say to myself, I just say to myself, Carrie, you are safe, you are protected, all is well. And oh I'll my God, I've been saying three- exactly the same thing. Wow. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> this is amazing. Sorry to cut you, go ahead. This is Not literally true. like word to word bad. Like you're safe and protected, all is well. And then I keep on going with my day. <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny because when the years ago when someone first told me about like, you know, using those kinds of affirmations. I was like, that's stupid. (laughs) I always think things are stupid until I use them. And then I'm like, all right, maybe it's not that dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But then you start practicing it and you're like, oh, okay, it works. Actually, actually, I'm stupid. (laughs) But when I started using that, it really was helpful. And sometimes when I'm really having trouble, I just repeat it over and over to myself. You were safe. You were protected all as well. And what I'm doing is, I'm telling my mind, everything's okay right now. Yeah. And that's when the the breath really becomes key. Because when you're in those states, if you could control your breath and start to have some nice breathing, you know, I have a bunch of different techniques I could talk to you about, but if you could control your breathing, your breathing signals to your brain. Like if you have a calm breathing, that signals to your brain, everything is okay. If you have more agitated breathing, you're telling your brain things are not okay. So this is why what we're talking about, the body, mind, spirit connection, our mind is connected to everything. So our breathing informs the mind, the mind informs the body. It goes back and forth. All of our senses draw in all of the information and then it creates actual chemical reactions in our body, right? So if there's danger, my body is going to pump adrenaline into my system so I could run. So just remember, we're chemical people, you know, things are happening in us. So it's really important to not just worry about your physical, but to think about all of the things. Yeah, the whole vessel. Ooh, the whole vessel. (laughs) (laughs) Something that you said before that finding our own model, our own tools, just like you are personally don't believe in the one size fits all model. We all have things that works for us and other things that don't. For example, meditation can work wonderfully for some and not at all for others, or maybe tapping meditation for some and other prefer guided meditations or silent meditation, despite how healthy both of them or all of them are. And with that in mind, what would be the essential elements that we have to put in our, our own individual ideal morning and evening routines that would work for all of us, but we can like custom here and there. So obviously meditation is one of them. And people think of meditation, like I have to sit up, I have to clear my mind and I have to cross my legs and sit on the ground. And you know, that might not work for some people. So maybe you just sit up in your bed Mm -hmm. and maybe you're not going to clear your mind. Maybe your meditation is paying attention to your mind. Maybe your meditation is listening to a guided meditation. So sometimes the the type of meditation that you're thinking of is not going to work for you. So you should try a different one or like with breathwork exercises, some breathwork exercises are great for some people, but they could in other people create an anxiety. So it's really important to try a lot of different tools and then see how it feels in your body and then find the ones that really work for you. I love meditation personally, and the kind of meditation I do typically, and and what I teach is guided meditation. So Mm. be listening to someone guiding me through a meditation. 
if I was going to do a meditation without a guide, I would not be trying to clear my mind. I would be trying to pay attention to my mind and quiet down so I could find out what is going on in my mind. Because what happens is we have this stream of thoughts going on all the time in our mind. It's our brain trying to keep us safe. Yeah. we don't pay attention to it, but that stream of thoughts and consciousness, that's what's actually driving us. So when we quiet down and start paying attention, we might start to notice, wow, there's a lot going on in there. I remember when I was 20, I took my first yoga class, maybe I was 19 and I was on the mat and I started noticing that I was crazy. <laughs> I had so many thoughts. <laughs> I was like, that teacher is so good looking. He's hot. And I was like, why <laughs> girl's underwear hanging out like I had and then it was just like this crazy so after class Word I went up, mm-hmm. yeah and I went up to the teacher I'm like I don't know what is wrong with me but I have a lot going on in my mind I, I don't I couldn't quiet my mind he goes that's good keep coming back mm-hmm. and the reason I had never noticed it before is because I had never gotten onto a mat and just you know done some quiet movement where I could even pay attention to it so something as simple as hitting your snooze button getting up, closing your eyes and just paying attention to how am I feeling today? What am I, how does my body feel? How is my mind, you know, am I have anything on my, any thoughts? So these are the things that are important for us to pay attention to that we don't usually pay attention to. And that's why I said, you know, you can make your physical body look perfect and still be a hot mess because if you're not going to tell what's happening in your mind, then you know, you kind of have a program running that you're unaware of. Imagine if there was like, you know, a virus on your computer and you don't need, you don't know why your computer is not working perfectly, but it's because there's a virus. That's what your, your mind is. Your mind has a stream of consciousness. So isn't it important to tap in and find out what's happening in there? You know, mm, what's going on. I love that you said that meditation can just be paying attention to our thoughts and our state of mind. Because I used to do guided meditations, but lately I don't resonate with them anymore. Or I don't know, I'm in a phase in my life where I don't, I can't do it anymore with the guided meditation. So I started tapping meditation, which I absolutely love. So I do that in the evening, but in the morning, I push myself doing like at least 10 to 20 minutes silent meditation. And I've been beating myself up with the fact that my head and my thoughts keep on running. I'm trying to observe them as much as possible, but sometimes just like way too many. I was like, I'm never gonna manage to do silent meditation properly. And now that you said that, I'm like, oh, maybe I should just pay attention to my thoughts. So I like I like to I like to think of my thoughts and my emotions as it's just information for me. Hmm. Right. So I I, want to know what my thoughts are. And I I think that the reason that people think meditation is I have to quiet my mind totally is because originally that's what it was. Meditation used to just be for people, you know, spiritual seekers would go into caves. They would give up all of their life. They would not basically give up everything and they would go and, you know, live in a cave and they would beg for food and they spent their whole entire day in meditation because they wanted to achieve enlightenment. We're not that. We are called householders. We have lives. We have families. We have a lot going on. So we have busy minds. Mm. But how important it is to pay attention to it cannot be overstated. And Melissa, I love that you said that you used to love a guided meditation and now you're moving away from it. You are actually practicing exactly what I teach, which is it's okay to change and need something different. You don't have to static. It's really good. The other thing is, so I also teach yoga and 
a lot of people will say to me, oh, I can't do yoga. And I say, why can't you do yoga? And oh, I'm so bad at it. And you can't. Oh, I'm not flexible. Yeah, I've exactly. that so many times. Yeah. I'm not flexible. I don't know how. I can't yeah. do that. But, you know, yoga, meditation, all of these things. It's not whether you're good or bad at them. Those are tools. You know, you don't meditate to be good at meditation. You meditate to be good at life. You don't do yoga to get good at yoga. You do yoga because it helps you in your life. You start thinking of it that way. You know, we tend to beat ourselves up. So don't use a tool that you could then beat yourself with. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a terrible combination. <laughs> You're like I'm meditating every day, but I'm horrible at it. And I feel yeah. bad about myself. <laughs> yeah. I think we have an issue with accepting growth as well like that growth takes time like it's progress over perfection it will take whatever time it needs to take and letting things unfold in their own timing and that's very hard especially for like a type a person like me yeah i don't and like me <laughs> i want it to happen now and i want it yeah. to be perfect now you know and even But yesterday like why hasn't it happened yet yeah definitely yeah exactly and it's making it harder on ourselves so mm. I think that giving ourselves a little bit of self-love and understanding that change is hard, life can be hard at times, and all we can do is have our tools and use them the best way that we can. I love that. That everything passes, you know? I like this thing we've been saying about, you know, the ebbs and flows. I love that you precise self-love. I would even add self-compassion and giving ourselves a little bit more grace because we deserve it. Absolutely. And you know, what I've been thinking about is as hard as it's been for me, when I look back upon my life, all of the times I've had my greatest growth, it has come from pain. You know, mm. it really has. Yeah. You know, or from a difficulty. I won't say pain only because it could also be difficulty. You know, like I'm a lawyer. So, you know, law school was difficult, but I had huge growth from that. The hard things in life are the things that make us grow. So I keep trying to remind myself all the time that when I'm feeling that resistance and I'm like, I don't I don't want to have to deal with this. It's because I could either stay the same and feel comfortable Or I can grow and feel uncomfortable. And I always want to grow. So you really yeah. have to embrace the discomfort. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. One thing that I really liked about your book, your first book, is what your gym teacher told you when you were feeling very stressed. And when you had your injury, you fell down. I remember that story. So when I was younger, I was a competitive gymnast. And I was learning how to do a backflip on the balance beam. And I fell off. And I scraped my whole entire leg. But when I hit the ground, I lost all of the air. And in my body, I couldn't breathe. And it was very frightening. I remember it to this day. Like, I actually couldn't breathe at all. And then my coach came up really close to me. And she, like, looked me in the eye. She's like, Carrie, relax and take a deep breath. Just relax. So I did. And then I, as soon as I relaxed, I was able to breathe. And then as soon as I felt better, my whole leg was scraped up. I was really injured. And then as soon as I felt a little better and I stood up, she's like, okay, get back up there. And I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> not, not going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I may never go up there again. You know, she's like, no, you have to go back up there and you have to do it. And the reason she wanted me to do that and she made me do it and I did do, it, and I actually happened to, you know, I have, I stuck the, um, the move once I did it the second time is because she knew that if I didn't do it right then and there, that I would never do it again. She basically told me that you have to face the difficulty and walk through it. And if you don't, then you're never going to. 
And I love that. I think there's two important lessons into that. First of all, everything that we talked about before, like your health is also you calming yourself down, like you stopping and breathing and paying attention to what's going on in your body so you can release. And the second thing is exactly how you ended with the answer that you shared before about being comfortable in the discomfort in order to grow, in order to become the best version of yourself, the healthier version of yourself. You have to go through that resistance and push through. So yeah, and in that case, you know, I, I was injured, you know, yeah. I had my leg and I had just been out of breath and I was now terrified and the balance beam is high up off the ground, you know, and I was doing a backflip, which is you jump flip, you know, you don't touch it and then you land and wow. it was terrifying. She was standing close to me, but she didn't spot me on it. I stood up there for a long time before I actually did it, but she was just very quietly basically saying Similar to what we were saying before, you were safe, you were protected all as well. Now go ahead and do the move here. <laughs> just very quietly kept whispering in my ear, like, you can do this. And you know what? Once I did it, she didn't make me do it again. She let me go take a break. I think I went home after that. But I really did feel amazing after I did. I felt really proud of myself. But what would have happened if I hadn't done it right after? I would have felt still scared. I never would have done it again, potentially. And I would have felt bad for about myself because I- And traumatized maybe from well, that yeah, even. Traumatized, yeah. yeah. And that might have affected my performance in other aspects in gymnastics. And even like in other areas of your life, I feel like it probably helped you every time that you were faced with an obstacle or something that you fell. It's okay, I'll do it again. Did you take that lesson in other parts of your life? Oh, I definitely took that lesson. And another thing I think is really great to do is if you can make a list of all of the tough times you've had and how you overcame them, because when you are going through a hard time, looking at that list can really help you to realize, you know what, I'm actually pretty strong. Yeah. And I've gone through a lot in my life and I can get through this too. I think what happens when we're struggling is we zoom in and we're like, I'm never going to get out of this. But yeah. if we could step back and be like, wait, I've gotten through a lot worse than this, then it could be very, very helpful. I can do it. Yeah. I can. Do, it. Exactly. <laughs> do you have daily habits you do to be more conscious or act more consciously in life apart from the one that you shared? I have so many of them. So I, I do a lot of gratitude practice throughout the day. I also, when I wake up, I like to write 10 things down that I'm grateful for in the mornings. And then at night, I like to write down the magic that I witnessed today. So the things that I oh. saw that were amazing. So beginning and ending my day like this, it makes me feel good. But also what happens is because I know that I'm always going to write what I'm grateful for and the magic that I witnessed during my day, I'm now looking for magic. <laughs> I'm now oh, looking I love that. That's great. Grateful for. So it's interesting how your habit can start to affect other parts of your life. And where can we get our hands on your book and where can we find you online? You can find me at I am Carrie Fisher on Instagram. And then my website is carriefishercoaching.com. If you really want to get in touch with me, jump onto Instagram and find me there so you can send me a message. And I would love it if you would check out my book. If you have Kindle Unlimited right now, it's part of that for the next three months. So you could get my first book for free with Kindle Unlimited. It's called Tools for Extraordinary Living, the snooze button sessions. And my second book is called Routines for Extraordinary Living, a manual for life. And there'll be a third book in the series, which is Mindset Mastery. And I would love you to, to start to put some of the tools into practice and then reach out to me and tell me how it's going. So people, you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Carrie. It was such a joy. Thank you, Melissa. You're great. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Yes. You know who made it.
thank you to have taken the time to listen to me talking about conscious living. Conscious Matters is a self-produced podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review, and ordinate. Your support will help to keep on raising the collective consciousness together. Take care and talk to you soon.